Get the new Donkey Kong 64 bundle with the Banana Yellow Game Pack and the new Jungle Green N64 console. It's got a Jungle Green controller and comes with the... Or see what we can say. We will walk through walls. We will take a look around us. We will not be confined. We believe in the path of least limits. We won't be told how to view the world. We will experience true freedom. We will not compromise. We will live the game through our hands. We will be in control of something. Change. 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 We will change the Ferret 64 with your host, Yemi the Ferret. Hello, hola, guten tag, hello, it is I, Yemi the Ferret here with another episode of Ferret 64, that's right, the podcast all about video games and video game news, and I of course am your host, the seasoned gamer himself, Yummy, the ferret. All right. How's everyone doing today? Of course, uh, you can't respond to me, but uh, just respond um, like I could hear you, you know, out loud. Um, just, just let me know how you're doing. I'll give you a second. Very good or bad, depending on the situation that you just explained. So, um, this past week, I uh, haven't really played too much in the realm of new games. We're, we're uh, getting through God of War, the original God of War, on, on, uh, on the PlayStation 3. Um, I bought the five-game collection, which includes Ghost of Sparta and... Um, uh, what's the other one called? Ghost of Sparta and... Uh, Chains of Olympus, Chains of Olympus, which are PSP games, um, so it's going to be interesting to see how those work uh, on the PlayStation 3, um, but the pack was uh, God of War 1, 2, and 3, and then I also have Ascension as well, and we're going to be playing through all of them eventually. Um, I'll talk about God of War next podcast, because I think we'll be done by with it by then. Um, I remember back when I originally played it, uh, I think I got stuck on the final battle and never finished it. But I do, but I do remember getting the platinum for one of the God of War games. Maybe it was number one. Maybe I did finish it eventually. I don't remember though. And that account, of course, was banned. Uh, likely story. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. Very likely story. Very likely story. So there's um there's two games that I want to talk about today. One of them is uh, exceptionally good, and the other one is exceptionally bad. Uh, I'm going to let you guys decide which one I'm going to talk about first. Just kidding. I'm talking about <laughs> Battlefield 2 Modern Combat first. Which is the good, the... No, this is the bad. This is the bad and the ugly combined. There's no good in this. Um, it's. I mean, I guess it started out okay. I think that the first few missions are, 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 are fun. I think uh, it gets to a point where, you know, things start to get a little frustrating. Um, this is one of those games that it's got a campaign mode in there and there's a lot of focus on the campaign, but the real thrill is, well, was the multiplayer. Um, this one was a little bit different than most of like your regular Battlefield games, like Battlefield 2 uh, and and uh, like 1942. 
completely different vibes in this game. Uh, so this game was a Xbox 360 and PS3 exclusive, so it didn't come to the PC or anything like that. Um, it had a very strange control scheme for controllers, which I guess was par for the course back in those days. Um, but things were still, like, I think the things had, like, options for changing to different control schemes, and this one just did not. Um, essentially, the game is, like, a lot more cartoony than you would think. It's kind of in the, more, it's more so in the realm of, like, Bad Company. Uh, and essentially, this game has a, a pretty decent-sized campaign mode, um, with, of course, uh, the multiplayer mode, which is obviously shut down by now. Um, but the, the big, the big thing about this game is, um, it has like a class system instead of, you know, kind of being able to create your class or, you know, something like that. And while you go through the campaign, you level up and you earn new gadgets and you improve the stats of the weapons that you're using. So that aspect of the game is actually kind of nice. Um, it, 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 I don't know how the leveling up really even works. I guess just as you do better in a level, you get more XP. Like there was medals that you got for kills and accuracy and how many of your own teammates died. I guess the biggest draw of this game is the switching system. So essentially you press a button and you switch from one character to the other. Um, and... As you go through the campaign, you'll want to switch, you know, between like an engineer and a support and a, uh, not a medic, a regular assault, you know, class. And uh, later on, you get like special, a special class as well, sniper classes. Um, they're all, they're all, um, they each have like, you know, a lot of unique weapons and gadgets and stuff to them. Um, and I like that aspect of the game too. I think that's a really interesting aspect. I think that that makes the game stand out from, from the crowd. But where the game starts to really take a nosedive is in the campaign. There's just like there's areas where enemies are just spawning constantly. Like there's like this submarine mission, and you go inside this warehouse to destroy the last submarine, and enemies just automatically just they keep spawning from at the end of the warehouse, and then they'll also start spawning behind you if you go too far in, and it's just it's really annoying, especially because none of your teammates will even lift a finger to go inside that warehouse. They'll, they'll run around the map all la-di-da-di, but as soon as you go inside that warehouse, oh, you'll, that's the last time you'll see them in that level. And I guess the one thing that, that frustrates me is, you know, each character, you level them up by getting quick kills and stuff like that all in, in a succession. You can upgrade your damage, your reload speed, uh, how much health you have, stuff like that. And, like, you'll you'll level up a character all the way going through a level, and you'll be like, oh, you, you feel really good. You feel like a god. And then that character dies, and you have to start from square one with the next guy. And it's just, that's a little, that's a little bit, um, that's a little bit annoying to me, too. But I think that the enemy spam is probably the worst. Um, actually, second worst to the controls of, like, the tanks and the helicopters in this. It's just... I don't know. I, I I thought I understood the control scheme, and then something would happen, and I would I'd be like, okay, I don't. I guess I don't know the control scheme. It's one of those things. Like the tanks are better, of course, than the the helicopters, but dude, the tanks are like made out of like paper or something. Because it took like two hits to kill me. It takes two hits to kill an enemy tank. Like I'm using the best dang tank in this one level, and I get shot like once, and I'm already like at ten percent health. 
And I'm like, okay, how am I supposed to beat, like, keep a tank for the rest of this level or whatever they want you to do when literally two hits and you're gone? You know, it's just, it's frustrating things like that. And and with the choppers, the controls are very frustrating. There's, like, several levels that are based around using a chopper. And I don't know, the first one is super annoying because it just kind of throws you into the game. And they're like, all right, use this chopper to destroy the sh- the shipping containers on this on this boat, and you gotta shoot this very specific spot. And there's a there's the door is covering it, so you know it takes even longer. And I was just I was flat. I mean, I was, we were stuck on that level for a long time because it was a timed one. So you had like I don't know what five minutes or something to take down the ship. And it's like, of course, it's like there's no tutorial, there's no nothing. They 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 barely even tell you how they control the thing they just throw you into this this scenario and you're like okay uh this feels like in like a more towards the end of the game type thing i guess not then there's another level where you use a recon helicopter to literally just like hover in an area for like a minute straight and there's like five different of these areas and it's just the most boring mundane shit we had some funny moments and frustrating moments in that the final time you use one is probably the lamest i mean you just take a bunch of troops over and land and you go from there i just uh, i i don't know how to describe this game because it's just it just it's such a frustrating and dumb experience you know you're you're doing these levels and nothing makes nothing makes sense (laughs) like it's just it's just annoying after annoying thing invisible walls crashing because the controls all of a sudden decide to not work and just so many different things going on and you're like okay and then once you think that the the game's over you go yay the game's over we're done you choose which side wins china or the usa you're done and then they're like, "Oh, there was a secret, a secret group behind everything." And unlike Modern Warfare, and unlike Modern Warfare Two, it's not a good twist, and it's it it gets ten times more annoying. Um, the last level in the game is the worst thing I have ever attempted to play because I did not finish it because it was so bad. Your AI partners do nothing to help you. You switch to them; they they just die right away. There's there's tons of machine guns which are overpowered in this game they literally kill you so fast it's just it's it's hard to even do anything when i was able to get to there's two because there's two missile silos you have to get to and they're both on opposite ends of the map and you have like 10 minutes to get both of them six minutes in i'm still trying to get one done because my guys are just dying and dying and dying and when i finally got to an entrance i would have the sniper class and i'd be screwed because you go inside and you know, it's all shotgunners who can kill you in one hit, even if you have an upgraded to max level character. And you're like, oh, it's just so frustrating. I ended up just throwing it away. I was like, I'm never playing this again. I don't want to think about this game again. I guess I had some nostalgia from when I was a kid, but we never got that far in the game. I think that I, I think we got to the desert levels for sure, but I don't think that we got much. F- I don't think we ever went farther than that in the game. Um, so it's, it's, a you know, I guess nostalgia be damned for this experience. It's, it's very bad F tier for sure. Um, if I had to rate it like a two out of 10 or one out of five, I mean, what are you going to do? It's just terrible. Should not ever be played. Should, should not ever be purchased. 
should never be positively positively reviewed. It's bad. Sort of on the other end of the spectrum, though, there's this game that's been around for a while. It's kind of been in my Steam, like, recommendations for a while. And it's a game called Among Us. And essentially, it's like a... It's like, um... It's like it's like The Thing. That's, that's how I want to describe it. It's like The Thing. If you don't know, I run a podcast called Film Freaks with a Z. We talked about The Thing recently. And this game kind of started popping up in my, in my feed a little bit more... Uh, as people started to play it on Twitch and stuff like that, people people have, like, all of a sudden started to gravitate towards it. Um, so it's essentially this game where you play as a crew of ten, of ten spacemen. And you're doing various tasks around the ship to repair it. And once, it all, once it's all the way repaired, then, you know, you win the game. But there's two people who are tasked with just killing everyone. And here's the catch. After you kill someone... Um, people can find the body and then call a meeting. People can also do a, a, a call a meeting by pressing a button in the middle of the cafeteria, which which summons everyone. Just like, let's say they have something they want to discuss or they have a suspicion about someone before they kill someone. Um, and essentially, after you kill someone as an imposter, they're called, you have like a cooldown of like 30 seconds. So you can't just go in there and start knifing everyone, you know? Um, you can travel through vents as an imposter, you can, um, you can like tamper with the oxygen and the electrical and the lights, and you can close doors and stuff like that. Um, and essentially, what you're trying to do is you're trying to lie your way to victory. Essentially, you need to you need to lie to people so that they don't kick you out. So essentially, the I think Jack the latest Jack Party Box copied kind of copied the idea of this game because there's a game mode in there where you're trying to find the imposters too and they're like, you know, you you would get them out the airlock. This game did it first obviously. So after you vote someone out, they get ejected and then it tells you, "Oh, it was an imposter or or it wasn't an imposter." And you can set that to not tell you either, which is I think more fun because you you don't know, especially in the early rounds. Um, but essentially, uh, if you're the crew members, a lot of people try to stick together. Um, the imposters, they try to blend in. The imposters can't complete tasks officially, but they do tell you, like, hey, you can go here and pretend to do this or that. Um, there's one time that I've won when I'm an imposter, and it was, um, I think it was last night or two nights ago. And it was a lot of fun. You know, I was able to kind of get all the way to the top, and then I, we won. And it was really interesting. The game does suffer from some bad server connections. Um, that they, if I don't think that they were ready for such an influx of players, because the servers are not up the up the speed. They're not up to par. I mean, it takes several attempts for people to get in. Sometimes it takes well over five minutes to get into a game lobby, even if you have a code. If you're playing a public match, it might not be too bad. But I did try connecting. I actually turned off my mic. I did try connecting to a few different games, um, just kind of like just to see, and and it did give me an error code a few times before actually being able to jo- join a game. So if you're getting frustrated with it, um, obviously uh, it's an indie team, and I I think that they had largely kind of moved on to their next project, which which is uh, Among Us Two. Did I mention the name of the game? The name of the game's Among Us. <laughs> did I not mention that? I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, but yeah, the, they are working on a second game. So, uh, maybe with the influx of people to this one, maybe they'll work on it a little bit faster, or maybe they'll try to get it out a little bit faster. 
um, or they're going to improve some. They, they already put out an, an, a few updates for the first game after the influx of, of people. So hopefully the servers start to get a little bit better. But I don't think that they're going to put like wholeheartedly their best foot forward for the first game since they are working on a sequel. But uh, I guess that's you know it's a wait and see type thing. Maybe they'll upgrade the stuff and and do some stress tests for their second game. But it's, it's one of those games that like just kind of popped out of nowhere. Um, and I, even though I said like I've I've seen the game for it came out two years ago I think. Even though I've seen the game around like in my Steam recommendations, I never saw anyone playing it. I never really heard about it. And there's crossplay between phone and PC. So maybe it was originally supposed to be just a phone game or just a Steam game. It's not on any consoles that I know of, um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy how like fast it kind of caught on after being, I mean, I wouldn't say dead, but you know, have minimal player base for the two years it's been out. And I like the concept of it. Obviously, other games have kind of done a similar thing, uh, but this game, I think it makes it, oh, you know, it's a little bit more, more cartoony, you know, it's not too, you know, crazy and out there. Um, and I, it's just it's a it's a lot of fun to play with a group of people. Um, obviously, you can play solo. You can go into like a solo, you know, a game solo, and there is like an in-game chat system for it that you type out and talk to people. Um, and uh, the one of the one of the main things about the game is like if you're playing with your friends, you know, you want to mute your mic during the, the 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 time where you're going around and trying to do stuff. Um, kind of keeps the immersion a little bit more, I guess, and helps with like people being like oh i got killed by you know this color person because there's different uh colors you know wide range of the rainbow colors um but yeah it's just a goofy little game um it's a good amount of fun uh it's five bucks on steam if you want to check it out like i said there is a large influx of players right now since it is pretty popular among at least among the twitch community right now um so you know expect some trouble getting into games and stuff but once you get into a game you know, it's a good amount of fun. Okie dokie. Let's talk about the big news. The big news! Which is the 35th anniversary of uh, Mario. Was There was a direct... It was it was a surprise to me. A surprise direct today. It came out early in the morning. And I, and I flipped on my phone when I got into a parking lot. And all of a sudden the, the internet was abuzz with... With all the Mario news, and I was like, I missed something, and I watched the whole thing, and uh, I had the biggest smile because uh, Mario's been a part of my life for a long time. Obviously, with the first Nintendo 64 console that I had, uh, one of the first games I played was Mario 64, and actually, Mario 64 was the first game that I beat uh, all the way um, without using quarters, like in Metal Slug and stuff like that. I did have Diddy Kong Racing too, and I think I actually had played that first before Mario 64. But I beat Mario 64 first, um, so technically it's the first game that I like beat beat. Now I didn't get all the stars because I was a kid back then. I didn't know that that was a, an objective. Um, but essentially, uh, you know, it was one of those first. It was one of my first gaming experiences, and always will live in my heart. And I've always wanted uh, to play that again on like a modern console, kind of like how the Wii U had it in the virtual console. Um, so, essentially, the biggest news to come out of the Direct, and I'll go over pretty much all the news, um, but uh, the biggest thing was the Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which is a collection of three different 3D you know, platforming Mario games, is going to come to the Switch on September 18th. There are pre-orders available now. Um, I 
I pre-ordered mine from Best Buy, which seemed to be the only place that you could um, b- uh, pre-order, at least in America or the USA. Um, but yeah, all Super Mario 3D All-Stars is combining Super Mario 64 with Mario Sunshine and Mario Galaxy uh, 1. People are kind of disappointed that the second game isn't on there. Um, the way I see it is, you know, beggars can't be choosers in the, in these cases. Um, just be happy that one of the Galaxy games is coming. And I think people enjoy the first game more than the second anyways. But uh, it would have been nice to see four games in this pack. Um, but maybe they ran at a time with the virus and stuff happening. And they just said, you know what, we can't do it right now. Um, but I think this is a good collection. I mean, it's three full games for, you know, 60 bucks, And uh, it's uh, only going to be available until the end of March 2021. So less than a year, this game is going to be available to purchase both digitally and um, physically. And you you know that all the physical copies are going to run out really quick. That's why I pre-ordered mine almost right away when I could. Um, and, and you know that these are going to, this is going to be a hot commodity once, once the end of March is over. Now they'll probably come out with, you know, all the games singly, you know, singly, all the games individually, um, to, to digital download. But I don't, I I think that's going to be pretty much, pretty much it. They're not going to do this triple pack anymore, which is probably going to be the best deal out of all of them. I bet, I bet they're going to put all the, all three of these games on the switch eventually, they're going to do that and they're going to make them all like 25 bucks each or 30 bucks each. And so people are going to be kicking themselves because, you know, you're getting you're practically getting one game for free if they're all $30 each in the um, in this little in this little pack. But I, I, I jumped on this right away because all three of these games are excellent games. Mario Galaxy is the only one that I have not played. Um, I, I had a Wii and uh, I never got around to playing the Galaxy games. I don't know why. I guess I never really knew that they existed until after the Wii's days. Um, but I played through Super Mario 64, of course, a, f- a bunch of times, and also Super Mario Sunshine as well. And uh, I, I'm really excited because this is actually going to make it a million times easier for me to stream the games, one. Um, and two, it's just it's going to be a nice you know go-through of the games again. Now, there's not much done... Uh, visually with the games they just kind of have like an hd remake feel to them um but you know i think i think galaxy and sunshine still look fairly good even without like the hd hd stuff on it um it's going to be really interesting uh to play through these games again um and like i said uh you know it's it's one of those things that's like beggars can't be choosers here if you're sad that the second game isn't on there Maybe in the future they're going to do a double pack with Galaxy and Galaxy 2, or maybe they'll release Galaxy 2 individually eventually. But uh, like I said, I, I think that this is a great pack. Um, it's three games that, well, two, it's 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 two games that we didn't re- haven't really seen on any other console. You know, Galaxy and Sunshine. 64 we had on the virtual consoles on both the Wii and the Wii U, but Super Mario Sunshine was only on GameCube. Super Mario Galaxy. Only on GameCube, and I guess you could play it on Wii U technically, I think. But uh, yeah, that is, I think this is great, and uh, this this is something that that uh, Nintendo doesn't do a lot. You know, people have been asking for you know all these games for a long time, and they they're finally they're finally caving in on the 35th anniversary, and I'm happy, and I'm ready for the the 18th of September to come around. Um, I'm having it shipped directly to my house. 
Also, um, other the 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 next best thing that come out of this was something called Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. It started off kind of weird. I was like, "What is this going to be? Uh, advertisement for you know Mario Kart uh, on the phone coming to the Switch or something like that?" But no, it's actually uh, you buy this little like RC car with a high with an HD camera on it. And essentially, you make your own track around your house. Um, there's a Mario and a Luigi cart, and essentially, you set up the um, these checkpoints, and you can map out the track. And you use the switch to control the Mario cart or the Luigi cart, and you go around the track, and you race um, invisible. Well, they're invisible on the ground, but in the switch, you can see like Mario, and he's animated and. Um, there's, uh, there's other people racing with you. I don't think there's going to be online or anything like that. Maybe it is. There is a Wi-Fi signal in the corner of one of the, uh, the, one of the, the, the screenshots they showed. Um, and there's also a connection to your cart as well, a connection to your cart. But it's, a. this looks like it's going to be a really, uh, interesting little, little, little thing. I mean, it seems like it's going to be really, really cool. Essentially, a Lick, Lickatu, or whatever his name is. Um, he, he, he throws like paint on you or whatever, and you do a, you do a lap in the cart going a little bit slower so it can map it out. And, uh, then, you know, you just, you, you can race on it. And like I said, it's up to, you know, there's Luigi and there's Mario, there's items you can use in the game. So there's mushrooms, which will make you go faster. Um, there's of course banana peels you can drop and, and stuff like that. And if you run into them, your cart will slow down. You can't like spin out. It just slows you down. Uh, of course there's things that can happen on your screen as well, um, on your switch screen, I should say, but it looks really interesting. Um, I, I, it's, it's co it's co-made by, um, Velen studios. And it looks like this is going to be a really cool thing. I think this is like the next step in the evolution of, of Nintendo games. I mean, they did the Labo thing, which kind of worked out, but kind of didn't, but this is like something on a whole new level. I mean, this is, this is actually manipulating something in real life and having a video game be kind of placed over it. And that's really freaking sweet. Um, it's, it looks like it's going to be really fun. It's going to be coming out um, what uh, October 16th this year. So if you want to, I believe that there are places you can pre-order it right now. I haven't looked into that personally yet. In the uh, press release, uh, Nintendo came out and said that Velen Studios has partnered with Nintendo to design a pow- and power a magical new Mario Kart experience. Mario Kart Live Home Circuit on a Nintendo Switch system. Uh, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit is a mixed reality which is MR game that combines a camera enabled physical cart and course gate markers to turn any living space into a next great Mario Kart circuit with Mario Kart live home circuit players design and construct courses in the real world and race the circuit in a mixed reality experience that blends the digital world and the real world in an immersive way on the Nintendo switch system. They're quoted as saying, we are thrilled to partner with Velen Studios for Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, said Tom Prata of Nintendo America's Executive Vice President of Strategic Initiatives. Through this collaboration, we are providing fans with a -a one-of-a-kind interactive experience that is only available on the Nintendo Switch family of systems. Uh, Velen Studios is building on the legacy of its co- of its founders, Kathrick and Guha Bala, and their core team, renowned for their innovations in fusing toys with interactive game experiences. Bala, who is CEO of Velen Studios, came out and said, Our mission at Valen is to create uh, breakthrough games that are magic. 
We invented the initial mixed reality hardware and game prototype to really nail the exhilaration of racing in the real world with the play and feel of a video game. We showed the experience to Nintendo and they were thrilled that they, and they saw its potential. That started a wonderful multi-year creative collaboration, which became Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. We can't wait to see the creative ways fans play when they race around their own creations as Mario and Luigi. Like I said, this looks really awesome. Um, this is like this is this is miles better than, you know, <laughs> freaking uh, Nintendo Labo. I mean, this is gonna be amazing. Now, how is it like? There, all the screenshots and the trailer show it on hardwood. Um, I'm wondering if it's going to be okay on carpet. I mean, it should. I mean, these things look like pretty beefy racer carts, you know, RV, RC cars. So, um, yeah, I, 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 am I going to pick one up? Maybe I'll ask for it for Christmas. Or maybe I'll get it for someone for Christmas. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things that it's really cool. I think that's a really great idea. And uh, it's the future. <laughs> All right, also revealed during the... Um, the direct, uh, they are actually going to be resurrecting the game and watch and they're putting out a new game and watch for the 35th anniversary of Mario, uh, super Mario bros. You'll be able to play it on the game and watch. So essentially it's the full game, super Mario bros. Um, it's, it's looks just like a regular game and watch, except I believe it has a colored screen, but there's also redesigned game and watch games that are going to be included on it as well including the juggling game but instead of being mr game and watch it is of course the man himself mario so it's based on the original lcd based handhelds from the 80s it's going to be a limited edition model and it will come with a color display and directional pad it's going to include super mario bros super mario bros the lost levels and a version of the game and watch title ball where like i said the Game & Watch is replaced with Mario. The device will function as a clock, just like the original Game & Watch devices did, which will contain 35 hidden secrets in, our, in honor of Mario's momentous birthday. It's going to launch on the 13th of November 2020. It's going to cost about $50, I believe, or £44 in the UK. So, um, this is really cool. Am I going to get it? I don't think so. I mean, it's a cool concept. I like the idea that they're going for here. Um, you know, do, do I really need to play Super Mario Bros. Brothers again? You know, that's you know, whatever. But I think that it's a really cool uh, little thing. And I think that uh, it's, it's. I think I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they put out maybe some more things that are like this. Like maybe they'll do like a, a Donkey Kong Country one where it's Donkey Kong Country and then, you know, Donkey Kong is, is a, uh, you know, or they have, you know, something like that. You know, I, I think this opens up a whole new world for, you know, the Game & Watch brand. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I can't really read the box, but there is a, um, I think this is a, like a rechargeable thing. You're not going to use batteries. It's going to be rechargeable. Because on the box, it shows like a cord, a plug. Um, but it doesn't say in the press release, nor does it show, like, I can't really see the box itself because it's a little bit small. Um, but I think that this is a really cool idea and, uh, I'm sure people are, collectors everywhere are gonna, are, are pretty much creaming their pants right now with all this stuff. Also, Super Mario 3D World is coming to the Switch alongside a new expansion called Bowser's Fury. 
Um, essentially, uh, Super Mario 3D World has been rumored to be coming to the Switch for what seems like months, years at this point. And finally, with this 35th anniversary, it is coming to the Switch. This is probably one of the last Wii U titles that they're going to port over. Um, so essentially, uh, the game is going to feature, of course, a strong multiplayer focus. Um, same thing that like the Wii U had. Uh, you're going to be using the Joy-Con, which might make it easier to get people involved. Um, the game is going to come with Bowser's Fury expansion, which appears to be new levels and challenges. The game is slated to come out February 12th of 2021. Um, a lot of people are mixed on this game. Some people say it's one of the best Wii U titles. Some people say it's one of the worst Mario games. Um, some people say that, uh, you know, people, you know, there's, I think 3D World, is technically 3D World the second 3D Mario game that, like, like in the series? Because I believe that there was another one, too, for the older, like, for the Wii. Um, so this is this is the one that's on the Wii U. So uh, I do remember people saying that this one was a weaker uh, 3D Mario game. But it makes sense to bring this to the Switch since Super Mario Maker 2 has the 3D World stuff in it. And it's largely based on the new, you know, the new 3D World stuff. Um, so, yeah, cool for people who like this game, and cool for people like me who has never played this game ever. Um, this was during a time when I didn't have a Wii U, obviously. Um, so it's gonna be pretty interesting to, uh, get my paws on it, and that's not a cat joke. Actually, it is. Did you laugh? I don't think anyone laughed. Also, um, Cat Mario and Cat Peach Amiibo will be a will be coming out along with the game in February of next year. They have a really weird texture to them because they're emulating fur. <laughs> um, but these Amiibos are coming out pretty much the same day, the 12th of February, of course. And they're going to be packaged separately, Cat Mario and Cat Peach. Um, I'm trying to see if... It says already what they do in the game if they do anything. Um, it doesn't say that they do, but I'm guessing that they're going to do something in the game. Maybe they'll automatically give you the cat suit for the characters, or maybe maybe it'll be like a special gold Mario cat suit. Or I I don't know. And there's no information on it right now. Um, but uh, of course I'll keep you posted when people when it's revealed. You know what's what's going on. Like I said, it's Cat Mario and Cat Peach, so you can pick those up if you want to on the same day. Also, also one of the first thing they revealed, which uh, I probably should have started with, but I started talking about the 3D World one because I'm more excited for it. Super Mario All Stars, which originally was released on the Wii, if I stand, if I'm not right, if I'm not correct, um, it's a collection of Super Mario One, Two, Three, and the Lost Levels. And it's actually available right now uh, to be able to be played. Um, they released it the same day. So it's a 4-in-1 SNES compilation called Super Mario All-Stars. And it's going to be available to, for anyone who is subscribed to the Nintendo Switch Online service. You can play it now. Okay, so this is a little bit different than the one that was released on the Wii back in the day. Um, it is a digital-only thing, and it's available now. Um, now, is this a limited release? Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't say, um, so I'm guessing it's going to stay on the service until it ends. Um, but yeah, you'll be able to play all the games in one place, so, uh, in a press release it said Super Mario All-Stars, the classic Super NES game that includes upgraded versions of Super Mario Bros, Super Mario Bros, The Lost Levels, 
uh, 2 and 3 with enhanced 16-bit graphics is joining the catalogs of games available with Nintendo Switch Online later today. So, yeah, cool for people who want to get into the series or, or get you know go back to the roots of the series. Obviously, all I think I'm pretty sure all three of these or four of these games control pretty differently. I think the closest ones are one in one in uh, three, obviously, because two has a completely different control scheme from um, what I've played of it. Um, but yeah, I think this uh, this is nice, and it's you know pretty much is practically for free for people who are online players. Um, or who subscribe to it because you pay like what five bucks a month for that service so yeah cool news there also 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 super mario themed furniture is coming to animal crossing new horizons next march um it's since it's, i guess i guess apparently it's not coming in 2020 it's coming next year um but it, uh, apparent but essentially there's gonna be new furniture themed to look like mario items so there's red shells a mario kart itself some bananas some mushrooms mario a fire flower blocks and question blocks piranha plants and uh it looks like also a yoshi egg as well is going to join it and a bullet bill launcher uh, and a green shell is in there as well. That's all we really see on the um, on the 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 little thing here. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll, I'm sure there's going to be more stuff as well. Uh, that's just things that you know, kind of were kind of speculated, I guess. I guess I read that wrong um, because that's the stuff that was in New Leaf. Um, so I'm guessing they're going to bring most of the same stuff over, uh, if not all of it and more. So yeah, March is, is a little bit of a ways off, but I'm guessing that there's other things that Animal Crossing is doing in the meantime. So maybe that's why they they're delaying it delaying it a little bit. Um, but yeah, good news for people who uh, who like this game. And like I said, it is a furn. It seems like it's gonna be furniture. So maybe there's gonna be like themed couches and beds and stuff like that as well. I guess only time will tell. In the same vein of things, uh, there's going to be a special Splatfest for Mario. It's planned for next January. You'll either play on Team Star or St- Team Mushroom. Team Star is yellow and Team Mush- Mushroom is red, of course. Um, and like I said, it's just it's going to be in January. And you can also get special shirts in game for for being on the winning or being on the either team. And you can also get the shirts in real life. Uh, eventually in the Nintendo store in New York, and uh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be available everywhere, um, and also on the n- online store as well. It says that the shirts are coming soon, so I'm guessing they're going to release them before Christmas this year, and then once January comes around, uh, the event will start. Uh, yeah, uh, it's nice to see that Splatoon 2 is still being, um, you know, still still having stuff happen in it, and I'm sure people who are enjoying that game uh, enjoy that news. And uh, last but not least in the direct, Super Mario Bros. 35 is coming, and it's bringing Tetris 99-styled Battle Royale to the Mario universe. So essentially, you're going to play through Mario levels, and depending on how good you're doing, or how bad you're doing, um, you'll be given more enemies by people who are also playing the levels at the same time. Essentially, when someone in a different part of the world kills an enemy and they're targeting you, the enemy will appear in your game as like a white ghost-like appearance. And you can you can kill them too. Um, but yeah, you can, get, uh, you can get everything up to Bowser into your game. Um, like I said, it is going to be like the... F- I think it's going to be like the first world, essentially. 
um, because there is an underwater level that I'm seeing. There's um, a Bowser's Castle level and the underground level as well. So I'm thinking it's going to be a collection of maybe the the greatest hits, like five levels, um, which should be enough to get you know someone to the winning spot. Essentially, it's kind of like that that Mario Battle Royale game, and people are comparing it to it, saying, "Oh, Nintendo killed that to make way for this." And I, I mean, I'm not disputing that. I think they did kill it because they were planning on releasing this, but this is definitely a little bit different than what that game was. That game, everyone would be on the screen at the same time. They'd be hopping around, jumping on each other, etc., etc. This one, on the other hand, is you're playing on your own game and you're trying to sabotage other people's games. Like I said, it's kind of like Tetris 99, almost exactly like Tetris 99. Um, and this is a, this is supposed to come out at the end of March, so March 31st, 2021. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. It's going to last until March 31st, 2021, but it's going to be launching in October. Um, so just like the 3D uh, All-Stars, this game is also having a limited run as well, which is weird to me. You've, I mean, Tetris 99 is such a big hit. I don't know why they would try and axe this at the end of March. It just it seems a little bit weird. Or maybe they're going to be re-releasing it for... Mo- I don't know. I don't know. Seems like a weird decision to be like, yeah, it's coming in 2020 or, you know, it's coming in October and lasting until 2021, but uh, that's it. I don't know why it's a limited release. Seems a little fishy to me. And I don't uh, I don't have any fish near me. Okay, so um, Mafia Definitive Edition had a huge and I mean huge Nah, I'm just kidding. It was a 46-second trailer that came out, but there was also gameplay as well that was come out that I've seen. Um, it looks really stunning. Um, essentially, it's you know it, it was it just kind of introduced uh, the city of Lost Heaven or is it Haven? No, it is Heaven. Lost Heaven. Um, and they're just kind of showing off the facial animations and you know just how everything is going to look. The game looks obviously stunning. Um, I think this game is going to be one of the better remasters that we get. Um, and I think it's going to be 10 times better than anything we've seen from Mafia 2 and 3 HD remake, you know. Um, but this game has essentially been rebuilt from the ground up. There's, you know, lots of lots of interesting stuff to it. And it's going to be available. It's officially going to be available on September 25th on pretty much every console and system, including the Epic Store and Steam at the same time. Um, Xbox One and PS4. It does not have a Switch release yet or a Switch. Or I don't know if it's going to ever have a Switch release, to be honest with you. But... Yeah, Uh, September 25th is the new release date. Of course, it's coming from 2K Games. And uh, like I said, there is like an extended gameplay, like a 15-minute gameplay thing, hands-on preview. Um, And that is on Mafia Game, uh, the YouTube channel Mafia Game. And like I said, it looks, you know, it looks pretty good. And I'm I'm excited for it. I never really got into the Mafia games, at least the first two. I did play the third one. It wasn't like my cup of tea. It was kind of weird, um, but this game looks like it's going to be pretty interesting, and, and the, the open world looks nice, the graphics look nice, um, the sounds and everything that happens in the game looks, you know, looks really good, um, and I think that, uh, I think it's going to be a, a hit, I really do, so um, if you want to, make sure you check that out, like I said, September 25th is when the game is supposed to release. All right, uh, Madden 21. I know you guys don't want to hear about it, but I have to report on it. Well, I guess I don't have to. But uh, Madden 21 currently has the worst user score and one of the worst uh, critic scores of any Madden game in the past few years. Essentially, 
the Metascore right now uh, overall is a 63 on on um, on uh, what is this Metacritic? Duh, I just said it. Uh, but the user score is a thing that people are pointing to because the game is currently sitting at a 0.3 or a 0.4 uh, user score, which is the lowest of any user score for any of the Maddens. Essentially, people are just kind of fed up with it. There's lots of videos that are being released right now asking EA to give a shit, and EA is just not giving a shit at all. Um, old assets in the game being reused, uh, glitches and things abound. Um, Just like when you're looking at when you're looking at Madden reviews, just just throw everything they say away. I mean, the well, actually, I should say read what they have to say, but throw the score away, because essentially, and it was actually found out in the past. Um, I guess it was during the like the PS2 or three era that game companies would. You know, they would write the review pretty honestly, but then they would score it higher than what they've been leading on to. So essentially, for one of the Maddens not too long ago, um, I think it was uh, IGN or something like that put out a huge review on it. And they gave it. They ended up giving it like an eight or a seven. And like the review was like was like nothing positive. You know all this negative stuff. And they still give it like you can't trust the review scores on these. You want to really read into it and read the reviews because most of the time, they're like the com- the company's either too scared to give it a bad rating because maybe they'll anger people or anger the NFL or whatever. But they're also probably starting to get too scared of giving it too high of a number. Because then people are like, well, it's not this. You know, it's not this. I think last year's Game Informer gave Madden 20 like a 9 out of 10 or something like that. I played that game. It sucked. It was terrible. There was nothing good about it. And, you know, going back and watching these videos and just kind of going through everything that's been removed from the game and everything that's just kind of bad about the game, it's hard to believe that anyone is even buying this game anymore. But it made $4 million dollars. Uh, since launch and that is you know well that's well the one thing is like ea games has a has a monopoly that no there's no competition for madden game or football games simulation football games 2k is going to come in next year or whenever and they're going to have an arc you know an arcade football game experience but this is the only simulation football game you can get on the market. Back in the day, back in the day, there was like five companies making these making NFL games. Some of them didn't have the rights to the NFL stuff, but a lot of them did. And essentially what happened is there was a bidding war and EA won, and they've had exclusive ever since, and they've gotten lazy. They've gotten too lazy. I, ever since the console generation changed, like things have just gone straight down into the shitter. Uh, Nick, aka Greedy Waffles, and I was playing Madden 08 today, and even though it still is a little glitchy, we had a lot more fun with it. Even though the game was pretty lopsided, I was pretty bad, but you know we had a lot of fun with it. With Madden 20, we had no fun with that game at all because it was it wasn't just like glitchy; it was like everything was just bad. Like the scripted moments is probably the my least favorite thing in these Madden games, and they happen all the time in 20. In 21, I'm not so sure because I haven't played it myself, but yeah, it's one of those things that's like, I, I, I feel for these people who bought, like, why would you buy the game one in the first place? But, you know, I'm a fan of this series too. I was a fan, 
And, uh, you know, it, it hurts me in the soul to see that it's gone this far downhill and they just don't give it. EA just doesn't give a shit. They get, they give zero fucks. Go on to like, watch a few videos on it because people have like talked to EA themselves, like directors of the game and stuff about it. And they're like, well, at least it's not a one out of 10, you know, well, at least it's not this or that. Like, I understand that people put in some work into this game, but not enough. I think that... I think the best thing for Madden to do right now is not be a yearly release. I think they need to take a take a second, make a new build for the game, and just build off of that. But instead, they're, they're, they have a fucking contract until like 2026 or whatever, and they're just they're just they're, they've already got the money. You know why even try at this point? But you look at like Battlefront, Battlefront Two. When that when shit hit the fan, Disney stepped in and said, "No, you fucked this up. Fix it." And the NFL really needs to do that. I mean, even players like of of the actual NFL game, you know, at, at football, they are they are complaining about it. Even people like who are fans of the series are like, "This is getting terrible." I think it's time for a fucking change, which is why a new hashtag has come out called hashtag NFL Drop EA, um, in which people are asking the NFL to just like drop them completely or step in and do something. Um, it was actually trending on Twitter a few days ago, and there's been a lot of videos talking about that as well. Um, but also, uh, there is a patch that's supposed to be coming out, and um, fans are trying to urge, of course, the NFL to ditch EA Sports. Um, but they didn't really say anything about, like, specific about this patch that's supposed to come out. It's supposed to fix a quote-unquote ton of bug fixes. So it's supposed to have a ton of bug fi- fixes. Um, so hopefully the game will be more stable. They also said there's going to be gameplay tweaks, such as changes that the way that, that the quarterback contain me- mechanic works against play action passes and logic alterations to throw out of sack system, which prevents quarterbacks from tossing the ball when they're tackled on their throwing arm. Uh, Madden Ultimate Team will also be getting quicker menus, while the yard will be adding leaderboards. EA Sports says that it will outline the first three franchise mode updates towards the beginning of the NFL season, and will also provide general timelines for when they'll be available. Um, there will actually be really no real changes to the Ultimate Team at all. The publisher is being particularly candid right now, which suggests that the is getting some it's feeling the heat. Essentially, um, the game is pay to win. Ultimate mode is pay to win. Um, they push all the the, the pricey stuff to you. You know, buy our in-game currency to get better teams or better players or better versions of the players. Like, you can get the normal version. There's the MVP version and stuff like that. It's just all a big scam. It's it's just, I don't know how the NFL can support this. This I mean, it's just, it's terrible. And yeah, you can, they, they're probably just looking at the numbers being like, oh, it made $4 million. That's good enough for us. That's our, that's a good investment. But you got to look at the quality. <clears throat> Because right now, it's quantity over quality, and that is not going well. Okay, so the makers of No Man's Sky... Hold on. Yeah. The makers of No Man's Sky, Hello Games, are developing a new, huge, and ambitious game. According to an interview with Polygon, Sean Murray has confirmed that this unnamed project is not a sequel to No Man's Sky. During the interview, he said uh, that things are currently in early development and it like will be a long time before we get any actual concrete details. Um, so there's really nothing new, or you know, we really don't know nothing about this new project. But um, 
you know, uh, people are expecting them to keep working on No Man's Sky, of course, and keep updating it. But this new game may be something maybe in the same realm or it might be something completely different. Uh, it's hard to say, you know, maybe it's going to be maybe it's maybe they're going to tone it down and be an exploration game when here would be a cool thing. Exploration the game when the world is young, you know, something like that. But uh, we'll see what they do. Um, I've been talking about No Man's Sky for a long time now. And they've been they've been doing updates, which are good. Um, each update has been adding something completely new and game-changing to the game. And I think that, in the end, I think that the game is going to be remembered fondly. But I also think that the initial, like, you know, bad stuff that happened, like, terrible stuff that happened with this game, is going to be a scar on the game forever, you know? There's still people who won't even touch this game, and me included. I won't touch this game. It burned me too hard. It really did. Um, and I think that Hello Games has learned a huge thing about hype and, and you know, just everything in the video game industry in general. And I think this next game, they're going to be a lot more upfront with what it does and what it can't do. I think they're going to try and not be as ambitious as they were originally with No Man's Sky, but I think that they're going to try and do, like, the same thing, and they're actually going to try and put out, like, a, a, you know, everything that, that people want in the beginning, unlike with all these updates to No Man's Sky. I think that No Man's Sky is officially like, you know, it's actually like a, a, a playable full $60 game now. Um, and I think that if you're interested in this sci-fi Minecraft experience, you know, you might want to check it out now. Um, but uh, I do want to see, I do, I do want to see this this team succeed with the next game. And I want to see them improve and, and learn from their mistakes. And obviously they've learned something. But we'll see with another game release if they do the same thing. Also, uh, talking about Fall Guys now. I don't know why I said also. Fall Guys. Uh, their auction ha has officially been, you know, it's officially closed. Uh, four people have won the auction. They all kind of pooled their money together to combine, uh, donate $1 million for the special effect charity which is aimed at um, helping gamers with disabilities play games. And uh, the the person who, I think, founded uh, the charity uh, says that he's been facing funding problems due to coronavirus, and the Fall Guys charity auction will be invaluable. He goes on to say the auction itself has drawn more attention to special effect, meaning its services are more in demand than ever, so the money will be put to good use. So, uh, combined... Uh, G2 Esports, Ninja, Aim Lab, and Mr. Beast uh, came came together, pulled a million dollars out of their pocket for the special effect. And of course, they're going to be getting their characters or skins in the game. There's already been designs for like like I think Ninja um, and of course Aim Lab and uh, G2 Esports have already made like a a, a mock up for what they want. Uh, Mr. Beast, of course, has not yet but uh we'll see uh you know we'll see what it does there's people who are like oh they should use the mascot kind of like the beast dude um but yeah i think that there's a lot there's going to be a lot a lot of cool new skins put into the game and i mean say what you want about you know ninja and and mr beast i think that they did a great thing and i think they deserve to have their their likeliness their skins put into the game along with the other companies that helped out as well 
Um, you can't knock them for that. I mean, it's a great cause, and I think that it was a great idea for Fall Guys to do. Because cause initially, people were like, oh, I'll pay money to have my skin in the game. And, and they took that, and they said, you know what? Let's do something for charity. And I think that was like the best thing that they possibly could have done. Further, further cementing both Devolver Digital and, of course, the people who made Fall Guys um, Mediatonic as just the good guys in the world of video games you know instead of accepting the money and just taking it uh they're giving it back or they're giving it in a in in a charity form and i think that's just amazing for them to do especially for something like this um for a while the winner looked like it was going to be a youtuber named fgtv who who was going to donate five hundred ten thousand dollars um but yeah and in the last minute uh the four the four people joined together to donate a million dollars, and uh, who knows if they'll, you know, if, if this FGT guy will still donate, you know, the money to charity. Um, probably not, but uh, it's still a, a it's a nice feel good story, and uh, it you know it. I think it's gonna be really cool to see these skins, and I, people are gonna be loving you know the ninja skin. People love ninja, you know, so we'll see what happens. Uh, next up, also in the news of Fall Guys. They're adding something called Big Yetus. Essentially, it's going to be a random hammer that is going to spawn, and it'll either help you or deter you, depending on what side you're on. And essentially, the hammer just is going to randomly spawn, and you're essentially going to be able to use it to your advantage or your disadvantage. Um, right now, they're in the testing phases, uh, but they think they think that within by the time that season two rolls around, they'll be able to add this in uh, for everyone. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's the same hammer you'd see in like a regular level, except it's just going to kind of be floating in air and doing whatever it's going to do, causing mayhem and mischief, as you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like the best idea that I've ever seen, but I think it's going to kind of change things up a little bit because I think people are, are getting a little bit too used to the levels currently. And I think that changing things up like this is going to be, um, it's going to be an interesting addition, but like I said, it's not going to be a huge game changer, essentially. Uh, maybe it'll help out a few people here and there, but I think that for the most part, it's just going to be another one of those things where it's like, yeah, I can just kind of walk around it. <laughs> All right. If you don't remember the game called Gods and Monsters from, I believe it was coming from Ubisoft, which was announced at E3 last year. Uh, they have, they have, uh, done a name change on it. Essentially, it's going to be named uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Phoenix is spelled like F-E-N-Y-X, which I don't know if that's like an ancient Greek spelling or something like that. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, But essentially, uh, this is coming from the same team as Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I don't know why I said essentially twice for something that was not in... I don't know what... ah, It's late, guys. Shut up. Uh, Essentially... um, Immortals Phoenix Rising. I don't think that's as good as Gods and Monsters. Um, I don't know why they changed it. Maybe they'll kind of say why at the Ubisoft 4 that's supposed to be happening on the 10th of September. Uh, but yeah, that at the Ubisoft 4, they're also going to be showing off a lot more gameplay and stuff like that. They're supposed to have new, you know, uh, new game, new game reveals and stuff like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happened, what, what has happened with the game. Because during E3, there wasn't much to show off. It was just, you know, a, a, like a... Uh, pre-rendered thing um I, I did like the art style in it um and coming from the assassin's creed odyssey people you know it's probably going to be a huge world and blah 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 i just hope that's not full of like you know tedious tasks and stuff like that so yeah immortals phoenix rising 
Um, we'll we'll find out more about that on the 10th of September, probably. All right, good news for Dead by Daylight fans. The PS5 version is going to be a free upgrade for current PS4 players. In a press release, the studio confirmed that Dead by Daylight will come to the PS5 within the holiday 2020 launch window. Uh, The next-gen version will benefit from a major graphical update, and it will run at 4K and 60 frames per second. Behavior pledges to continue enhancing the visuals with updates every six weeks, uh, so it'll only keep getting better. Current owners of Dead Die Daylight will experience a seamless transition when they upgrade to the PS5, and all progression will be carried over too, which is pretty awesome, of course, for people who have been, you know, fans of the series for a long time, playing the game a lot. I mean, there's lots of stuff to do in the game now, too. Um, you'll be able to upgrade your copy for free and carry on where you left off. Now, does that mean if you have a physical version of the game, the same thing will work? You know, just put the disc into the PS5? Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. There's been a lot of games that have been like, ah, if you have a PS4 disc, you won't be able to get the enhancements. But uh, maybe, maybe, just maybe, it'll all work out. Um, obviously, if you have the digital version, it's going to be a little bit easier to trans, you know, get things all going. Um, but uh, this is a nice, in- you know, it's a nice incentive for people who are fans of the PlayStation, PlayStation 4 version, and have been. I mean, they added crossplay and cross progression too, so you know, um, this will also be good for those people as well. Um, and then you'll just kind of go right to the PS5 and pick up where you left off. Um, the major graphical overhaul is is interesting to me because you know even though the you know the regular version of the game is nice, it's not like as spooky or crazy as you would think it would be. So maybe with this update and the current then the updates that are going to come eventually every six weeks they quote uh, after that, hopefully it'll be like a like at the end of it all it'll be like a really really fine looking game. Oh, that's not that's not to say that the game right now doesn't look good, but it could look better for sure. All right, Marvel's Avengers, which is going to be coming out tomorrow. If you're listening to this on, actually, it's going to be coming out today. If you're listening to it on uh, this on Friday, the fourth of September, my copy is in the mail. Yes, I did cave and pick it up um, from Amazon. Um, essentially what they've revealed is that there is going to be a battle pass system for the game. In a new blog post on the game's official website, it stated that the six superheroes who are going to be arriving post-launch, who are all technically free, will have their hero challenge cards unlocked straight away. Starting with Hawkeye, you'll need, you'll then need to purchase these cards separately for a thousand credits. The currency can only be attained through unlocks on other battle passes or the with real-world money. $5 is going to net you about 500 credits, which means the single hero challenge card will be about $10 each. Um, so, the character itself and the story and gameplay mechanics and all locations associated with will be free at, at launch. Um, but if you want to customize your hero with unlocks and decals, you need to start splashing in cash. 40 tiers will net you outfits, takedowns, nameplates, emotes, and more. Developer goes on to say that if you reach the maximum tier, you'll eventually earn all your credits back. Uh, what? (laughs) Why does a game like this need a battle pass system? I hate that. I hate that from the bottom of my heart. Having to pay $40 to get access to new content like this is just outrageous. At least with Call of Duty Modern Warfare, you get, like, every other tier, or every, like, five tiers, you know, you get the stuff. But with this game, you have to buy the, the pack to get anything at all, and you still have to play the game, like, religiously to get these unlocks, too? This is bi- this is the big bad. 
This is this is this is not good. I know it's all cosmetic, so it's like, eh, whatever. But still, like, it's fun stuff that you would like to unlock, you know? Like, the Iron Man um, suit that they that they're, that they have on display right now is, like, a test version of it, where he's wearing, like, a, uh, you know, a, an, a, uh, um, a fighter jet pilot helmet, and he's got, you know, he's got, uh, like, very steel-looking boots, and he's wearing, like, a t-shirt and, and pants, and, you know, you can see the glow from his, um, his hurt thing under his shirt, and it looks really cool, but... You know, you have to spend forty dollars to unlock the battle pass, and then you have to work your way through the whole battle pass. That's fucking bullshit. Um. So yeah, so like three. So if you complete all six hero challenge cards for the base superheroes, you won't have to spend any money at all, apparently, uh, because they give you your credits back, like I already said. But you still have to pay the initial, you know, the initial balance, and it's all in-game currency. So it's not like you can take that, you know, take that money back and be like, huh. Oh. So yeah, forty dollars for oh my gosh, that's just stupid. I would I would cancel I would I would literally cancel my order right now if it hadn't already shipped. That's so stupid. That is that's bad. Um, I don't have anything else to say about this. I'm just that's just very disappointing to me. And maybe it won't have any effect on the game at all, and I can just ignore it. But you know that they're gonna be pushing this stuff in your face. You know I. I yeah, that's unfortunate. That is really unfortunate. Now, what they did promise is that they're going to be working on this game for a very long time. So, hopefully they'll just kind of keep adding content and adding content. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't like this. <sighs> I don't like that. Alright, moving on. Alright, there's a classic running gun called Turrican. It's making a big comeback, and uh, you may need to pay a little bit of extra cash in order to get the version that you want. So, um, Strictly Limited has revealed that it's launching two Turrican-themed collections for about what? What about fifty dollars uh, a piece, as well as two expensive editions as well for about a hundred dollars a piece. Excuse me, a hundred dollars a piece. Volume one is going to consist of Amiga. Versions of Tur Turrican and Turrican 2 is going to come with SNES Super Turrican and Super Turrican Director's Cut and the Mega Drive Turrican Score Attack. Volume 2 is going to have Turrican 3, Mega Drive Turrican, and a Director's Cut plus the Super NES Super Turrican 2 and Super Turrican 1 Score Attack. I'm not, I don't know what I just read. Hopefully someone can understand that. But there's also two collector's editions which are going to be um, I believe they're both going to be about a hundred dollars. Maybe the director's edition, the collector's edition, the ultra collector's edition, going to be a little bit more, I think. But it doesn't say right here on this website yet. But the regular collector's edition is coming with a special collector's edition box, um, both the Nintendo Switch games, a pin, uh, some acrylic cards, large, two reversible large posters, the Blu-ray version of the documentary, an art book, a signed postcard, a sticker sheet. And the soundtrack on compact disc. The ultra, the ultra collector's edition is coming with all that plus a four CD soundtrack. Um, you're getting a diorama. You're getting a 20 centimeter figure. You're getting transparent floppy disk coasters, and you're also getting a special manual with the game as well. 
So I don't know if anyone here is a fan of Turrican, but if you are, this looks like something that you might want to get your hands on. Um, I think that the Ultra Collector's Edition looks pretty cool, but the regular Collector's Edition leaves a little bit to be desired. And that's all I gotta say about that. I'm not sure. I, I do not know about this Volume One and Volume Two thing. Is that? Oh, I, maybe those are the Switch games. So yeah, the Switch games. There's Volume One and Volume Two. So Volume One is the first game and second game, plus the the director's cut, the Mega Drive version, and the second game is coming with the second Volume Two is coming with the third game, and some other stuff as well. So, yeah, interesting. Um, I don't know anything about this game. It's a running gun, kind of in the maybe the same vein as Contra. But, yeah, you know, uh, there you go. If you want to check that out. If you're interested in checking it out. Moving on. All right, the Tokyo Game Show 2020. The lineup has been announced. So the live screen schedule is as follows. September 24th, block one. It's going to start at 20 o'clock. <laughs> uh, the opening. An hour later, the Xbox show is going to start on YouTube. Um, the Square Enix show is also going to start at uh, an hour later. An hour after that, Lightning Games. And they're quoted as saying there's going to be three brand new title indie titles presented by Lightning Games. Hardcore Mecha, Hack, and Anno Mutatium. Um, there's also going to be fresh game development stories and all that. The next day, September 25th. This is the big day, guys. This is the big day. Uh, starting at 11 o'clock, the organizers program, 12 o'clock, Gamera Game Now, which will debut new, the new, the world from China, delivering interesting and innovative indie games at 13 o'clock, Hawaii Technologies Japan, Japan App Gallery at 1400, uh, at 14 o'clock, Resident High School Group, what? It's an eSport group, okay? SoftBank is coming an hour later. An hour after that, Lilith Games, AFK Arena, and Rise of Kingdoms. Uh, this 1700, BenQ Japan, new brand uh, presentation. An hour later, DMM Games, new title presentation. An hour later, Keynote. An hour later, Sega and Atlas TV. An hour later, Gung Ho Online Entertainment. An hour later, Capcom. An hour later, Mouse Computer. I don't know what that is. An hour later, FN new title information. An hour for that, Fajitsu Connected Technologies. Um, the next is Sense of Wonder, and then Esports, blah, blah, blah. September 26th, are you guys still listening? Is Everyone's left? Okay, everyone's left. Uh, this is a terrible segment, yummy. Um, Save the Earth, Earth Defense Force. Uh, September 26th at 11 o'clock. Next day, Happy It, Spike Crunchsoft, Level 5 Space Meeting, Xai Games at 1800, uh, Japan Game Awards 2020 Day 1, Konami Show Info, uh, Tecmo Games, blah, 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 Japan Games Award Amateur Division, some esports going on later in that day. September 27th, uh, da, 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 Japan Electronics College, Konami. Bandikai Namco, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds Japan Esports Conference. Oh boy! Um, if you're excited for that, I apologize. Uh, I'm I'm I don't know what I'm reading. I don't even I don't even know how to read, guys. All right, let's move on before the last person leaves, which is myself. All right, it's been revealed that the Lord of the Rings Gollum Gollum is coming to the Switch next year. Um. 
they said that if you want a reference, you might think, oh, wait, I'm sorry, I already read that last week. Uh, but um, Dreadic, Dread Dreadelic Entertainment is bringing the game to the Switch. Um, it's going to come out after the uh, the initial release on other consoles. Um, but essentially, this is pretty big because the game looks like it's going to be pretty uh, pretty in depth. Um, but essentially, you'll be uh, be able to play the new Lord of the Rings game, uh, the Switch, as well as other consoles. Oh, I apologize. All right, moving on. Last but not least, no one's listening right now. Everyone's gone. It's a big sad here. Um, Thirty-six games are gonna get are gonna be coming to the Sega's Astro City Mini Console. So the mini console pretty much looks like an arcade cabinet. It has some plastic buttons and a joystick, and it looks like a you know kind of like a uh, kind of like a arcade cabinet. It's white with green style. Here's all the games that are coming or have been announced. Um, so Scramble Spirits, Ninja Princess, Arabian Fight, Sonic Boom, Sonic Boom, Sonic Boom, Stack Columns, Flicky, Quartet Two, Poyo Poyo Tsu, Thunder Force AC, Alex Kidd, The Lost Stars. Rad Mobile, Space Harrier, My Hero, um, games that were already announced before this, um, bon- Bonanza Bros, Columns, Cotton, Crackdown, E-Swat, Gain Ground, Itch- Dant R, Poyo Poyo, Shadow Dancer, Shinobi, Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy in Monsterland, Wonder Boy 3, Monster Lair, and then also Alien Syndrome, Alien Storm, Golden Axe, Golden Axe Revenge of the Death Adder, Columns 2, Dark Edge, Puzzle in Action, Tant R, Virtua Fighter, Fantasy Zone, and Altered Beast are also going to be coming. Um, so you can actually pre-order it right now if you want to. It's going to be for about $150. Um, it originally launched back in 1993. The Astro City Cabinet is still one of the most recognizable features in Japan arcades. Um, looks pretty, I mean, it looks pretty slick, um, but it does look a little cheap in my opinion. Um, but it's not cheap. It's about $150, like I said. Um, if you're interested in this, of course, there are pre-orders live right now. Um, just kind of have to search them out. Uh, but yeah, uh, good news for people who like this kind of stuff. But uh, like I said, it just it just doesn't look it, it just looks very cheaply made from the screenshots and stuff. Um, but of course, it is pretty much just like an emulator. So you know, what are they gonna do with it? You know, just give it a nice little case and plop the software in there, and boom, you're done. <laughs> All right, and there's really no like new game releases uh, that I wanted to talk about today. Um, oh, I uh, you know I forgot to mention this during the Mario 35th anniversary thing, uh, but there is going to be Donkey Kong Jr. and Mario the 8-bit versions from the original uh, Mario Kart. They're going to be coming to Mario Kart Tour starting September 8th. Uh, so Donkey Kong uh, Jr. and Mario from the SNES version, and I believe they are still getting the special Rainbow Road from that uh, game. And, as well so uh yeah sorry about the forgetting that but i wanted to make sure to mention that before it was all over i don't really like i have not played mario kart tour and i don't plan on but uh you know people who are interested in that you can go ahead and get those dudes when they come around when they come around all right last thing i wanted to mention spider-man ps4 has an unused spider cop suit that used Stan Lee's mustache. Essentially, Spider-Man looks like a cop. Um, Insomniac Games is planning to make this a secret suit uh, for a final punchline. Um, and one modder discovered it in the, of course, in the data, and released the source code. 
the character is stuck in a tease pose t pose in the video that the person uh put out on their youtube channel which is jedi josh 920 um and the model is actually utilized stanley's mustache for facial hair it also included two special abilities one allowing you to summon cops to assist you and the other enabling you to launch a donut shaped drone the developer was just messing around with the content, obviously, but it is a nice Easter egg to find, you know, a few years after the game's release. I think that the it sounds a little bit OP, um, in my opinion, and obviously that it was never fully fleshed out, but uh, you can use this version if you unlock the code. Um, you just, you know, you won't have any animations. Like I said, he's just stuck in like a T pose, essentially, um, but his special abilities sound pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, but they also probably are a little uh little um little lame essentially because it's just ai helping you out but uh, the second one the donut shaped drone would kind of be kind of be funny you know um but yeah you know just a funny little thing that someone found uh while hacking the program i guess you could say it does look really funny to see him t-posing around the city uh, but that is the final fun thing of today i want to end with something a little bit more fun a little bit more lighthearted. um so yeah there you go um, I guess that's really all, uh, all the talk about today. Uh, if you want to, uh, you can always suggest things to me by DMing me or just talking on my discord and sending things in discord. Um, next week I should, I should be having, um, a gentleman named player two on the podcast next week. He was the winner of the meme competition. He's going to be choosing a topic for us to talk about. So keep your ears and eyes ready for that. All right, I am your host, Yemi the Ferret. This has been another episode of Ferret 64. I hope you guys enjoys, enjoyed. <laughs> I will see you next time. Bye-bye.